everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit podcast. This is Mike and Robert. Yes, I am back. He's still here. We're both still here, like it or not. So welcome to another episode. We're very excited to be here again, just like we always are. But you would know that if you're following us on Twitter at LLNPpodcast.com or checking us out. Hold on, hold on. You just said follow us on Twitter at LLPpodcast.com. You jumped the gun. <laughs> All right, so try that one again, Mike. But you would know that if you're following us on Twitter at LLNPpodcast or on our brand new website, LLPpodcast.com. Perfect. Did, did I get that right? You did great. You did great. You made me proud. Awesome. This is groundbreaking everyone and uh, you know if you've been listening you know that but uh well you know, the funny thing is mike is that these people that are listening to us right now are going to think that we're doing this on purpose <laughs> and in reality we're not you are not doing this on purpose <laughs> i know that's what's uh, i think that's what's funny to me probably to you it's a, it's a little bit funny to me but it's a little bit aggravating too i get that i i can hear that in the in your voice in the episodes so but, probably uh, totally we... totally unscripted and it only took robert about like five minutes of prodding before this episode for me to actually get it right this time so yeah well it happens well maybe i'll relax a little bit when we uh talk about our next topic i guess it's really a, a previous topic a previous topic part two we like to do part twos if you haven't noticed part two the sequel in our case i feel like our sequels are sometimes better than the first part so the first one was the first guns sequel yes that was much better than part number one but part number two today is going to be all about marijuana legal drugs and that situation uh we've had the election there have been some more votes um some more research done so mike let's take it away go ahead and kind of introduce us to where we are right now so just to summarize for those of you who haven't listened to our marijuana part one episode, which we, we recommend that you do. It's a, it's a good listen, lively debate as, uh, as always on the LLMP podcast. But, uh, Robert and I, while we don't completely agree on our positions regarding marijuana and legalization, whether it be recreational or medicinal, we both kind of came to the consensus that we think a lot more research needs to be done and that we should probably, the government should probably kind of step out of the way in terms of letting some of those studies be conducted that have been able to be done. Fair assessment, Robert? I think that's pretty fair. I think it's yeah. pretty fair. So um, let's talk about first on, on who voted marijuana and who didn't for this good, past election. That's a good call. What um, Do you have the, uh, the stats on that, Mike? <laughs> This that would have been a good question for me before we got going, but um. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So we had what nine states? I thought it was eight states. In my office, I according to NBC, it's nine states that had pot on the ballot. Well, I know um, we had California voting for recreational. We had Massachusetts voting for recreational. Uh, we had Nevada. What was Nevada? I don't know if they were... No, they were recreational as well, weren't they? Uh, Yeah, I think they were. Yeah. And so I got three. <laughs> yeah, so it was Arizona, California, Maine, Massachusetts, Nevada, as you say, um, were the ones that were going to try to legalize it recreationally. And then the medical was uh, Arkansas, Florida, Montana, and North Dakota. Interesting, seeing the the middle of the country is starting to get involved here. 
Yeah. And it just, I mean, that's, that's another thing that we can say, like, like guns anyway, that were kind of, kind of go across party lines. There are some conservatives, some liberals that, um, that kind of think that way that everything should be legalized. So it's interesting to see the, the middle of America doing that. Yeah, definitely. And you know what, you know what I'm kind of wondering too, um, in terms of marijuana, some studies have come out recently that are showing that, um, that, uh, states that have legalized medicinal marijuana, they show lower rates of opioid dependency. So with the heroin epidemic, that's kind of sweeping across the nation and has been for the past couple of years, um, seemingly like that's been origi- originating on the East coast in the Northeast, Massachusetts, um, Rhode Island a little bit and, and some of those countries and, and really sweeping across hitting middle America as well. I know Ohio has been kind of starting to be ravaged with that. So I'm, I'm wondering if any of those kind of considerations are impacting some of those marijuana and medicinal marijuana initiatives, I guess. I don't know. I, I have no idea. Um, because probably really... not, but maybe now who knows? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think like everything else, it's going to get to the point where, you know, a lot of the other states are doing it, so everybody is going to jump on the bandwagon here, you know. Um, but well, I don't even know. At this point, with over half of the states having some degree of legalization, I think so. And and uh, President Obama just came out recently, too, with a with an updated statement on that whole movement. I think he... <laughs> Of all places, he was quoted in, I believe, the Rolling Stone magazine saying that the federal government's role in enforcing federal marijuana laws or, or statutes on that are untenable, I believe is the word he used. So, kind of interesting. Well, it is interesting. Um, I mean, coming from an outgoing president who, uh, you know, that a lot of people expected him to take major strides in, in, in legalization on a federal front, which didn't really happen. And a lot of marijuana advocacy was kind of disappointed in, in some of the placements he had, um, regarding that as well. And kind of, you know, that action didn't go quite as far as they had anticipated under him. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've got, at least they got four more States, um, that, you know, are legalizing for, full recreational use and that's california massachusetts nevada and maine uh it did fail in arizona which actually honestly surprises the hell out of me arizona you've been there mike uh yeah there's some crazy people in arizona i figured they would love love to just sit back relax and smoke a joint (laughs) but apparently not i don't know i um I did see that. Do you know who Hunter S. Thompson is, Robert? I don't. All right. So he's a, he was, well, have you ever heard of the fear and loathing in Las Vegas, that movie or book or anything? No, no movies and books. You know, I don't really do any of those. (laughs) I just talk. Well, basically he's a, he's a pop cultural icon of the sixties and seventies. He kind of termed, coined the term, uh, gonzo journalism and basically what that meant was this man would take every available substance illegal and legal and then write and a lot of people admired him for this he wrote some really interesting books like hell's angels uh, in which he was embedded with the Hel- hell's angels motorcycle club in california in the 70s he wrote the fear and loathing in las vegas 
and he also wrote for various newspapers and publications. But anyhow, the man was basically a poster child for taking illegal drugs and overconsumption in every form possible. And his wife just announced that she saved six strains of his private marijuana stash and will now be making those available in states that have legal marijuana. You can now now purchase his private stash. Wow. Yeah. So his drug-induced BS journalism (laughs) gave us a whole bunch of great weed (laughs) that apparently is going to some of the places that, in my opinion, really just don't need any more weed. Nobody knows if it's great, Robert, because it was his private stash. So, you know, maybe just a close circle of friends and, and family knows if it's if it's good or not. If it wasn't great, do you think they would have kept it a secret that long? <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably because she didn't have a, a, a wide, you know, they're pro- probably because there wasn't enough marijuana business, like, you know, entrepreneurship in, in marijuana that she could, you know, brand a strain of marijuana and sell it commercially. That's probably why. I don't know. I saw I, I saw I saw the show Weeds and it seemed was, to me it was a pretty good show. It was a pretty good series for the first like maybe four or five seasons after that. It just got terrible. But it was a little tedious. You know, I mean the um the mom in that though, boy, you know, she had a great, great life, didn't she? With her weed and her her selling her other, I don't think did she ever sell illegal drugs toward the end? I don't know if she did or not. Uh, I think in some of the story arcs, didn't she like have to traffic heroin or something? Oh like, yeah, it might have been heroin and coke or something, or something like that. Um, but yeah, no, she had her she had her private label, just like this woman's gonna have her private label. And think about this: how many times, Mike? <laughs> how many times <laughs> has somebody told you, "Oh, this is my grandmother's secret recipe"? And it's been freaking awful. Yeah, that's true. I've that's never kind of had my whole that. Point. I've so never had. We that. really have no idea if it's good or not. No, I'm saying I've never had somebody say this is Grandma's secret recipe, and it be really bad. It's always really? been really, really good. I've Otherwise, had some people tell me their it's been their mama's recipe and it's not been good. Well, <laughs> you have to use that one word in there that I used: secret. Oh, there you go. It can be mom and grandma's recipe and suck. But if it's a secret recipe, it's secret for a reason. So this is going to be some great weed. The secret sauce. Yeah, secret smoke. Ooh, God, we should coin that right the hell now. We should get into marketing. (laughs) T-shirts. Secret smoke. I'm sure. I'm sure the secret stash has already been taken. So probably so. Probably so. Has to be. But all right. So your crazy weed. So yeah, the crazy weed epidemic, I don't think it's it's slowing down anytime soon. And a lot of, kind of like we talked about in our first episode on the subject, we talked about how it's really kind of like a, a big state's rights issue at this point. And it's kind of a, a turning point where the states are, well, not necessarily a turning point, but definitely in recent history, a time when the states are really getting to assert themselves versus the federal government, which is interesting to watch. And I think more and more people are starting to pick up on that too. I've seen some commentary about that lately also. Are they smoking weed before they make their comments? I don't think so. Are you sure? I'm not sure. Yeah. How can you be? You really can't be. No. Why? Because nobody drug tests anymore. All these companies that have all these rules that are going to have to write out all these new 
uh, employee handbooks, kill a whole bunch more trees. I can't believe those hippies are for that. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, it is it is actually a really interesting issue that sprung up due to the legalization is like, what do you do as an employer if you're in a state that has legal recreational marijuana, legal medicinal marijuana? Well, it's, it's definitely an interesting employment issue that's come up. However, um, if you're in a state where it's legal, you might, I'm guessing they would take a look at that just because you're probably going to have a lot of, lot of weed smokers well, under yeah, your but employee. So. I think that will depend on the employer if they're pro-legalization or not. Because federally, it, obviously, it's still not legal. So they can still get away with that. Yeah, and, and that's the whole thing, too, is there's even if it is legal doesn't mean that I don't think I don't think it means that they can exclude it or they can't exclude it if they choose to. I mean, you know, alcohol is legal and nobody has employees. Nobody wants a drunk employee at work. So, well, right. That, I mean, I get that. Even though what in the uh, kind of the, I would say the 60s, they were <laughs> had full bars in their offices and they would drink like crazy. Yeah. And it was Mad a productive time. Over. <laughs> it was still a productive time. Why not? Yeah, back in those days, like you got to go eat steak for lunch too, and I haven't I haven't gotten a steak for lunch at work yet. So. I have, I have, but it was at Taco Bueno and it was steak fajitas. So, but it was steak. It was steak. There's our shameless plug for the day. Maybe they'll Taco start. Bueno. Maybe they'll start advertising with us or Taco it's, Bell, whatever. It's tacos and they're bueno. They are. They are. You know. And imagine this: if you're smoking marijuana, you might get hungry. What better way to satisfy your craving? by going to one of those two great taco restaurants. And we'll name them again next week, if, and only if, we get some cash. <laughs> that, was, that was fantastic. Was that it? That was really good. I, I, we, I got Just us so like off topic taco there. Tacos, really I got good. us so off topic there. That, that hit the spot. Did they, did they have, have Taco Bueno where you are? I think we're getting them, actually. No, I think we, I think we have them. Do you? I wasn't aware I, that they were that far south. I was uh, I was actually traveling um, the week before Thanksgiving and a little bit during Thanksgiving week, and I was going through some pretty tiny towns in Oklahoma, and I was actually surprised to find some Taco Buenos just out. Yeah, in they're the around Oklahoma. They're around kind of the uh, central, the north. I would say the north, north central Texas, and kind of I guess south Oklahoma. I think there's some in Louisiana too. See, widespread for those of you that need your taco fix. It's mas bueno. Mas See, bueno. We speak a little Espanol here. I think we great, should, I great think advertisers get paid extra for for bilingual, right? I I don't know. You kind of have to read that copy though, don't you? In the other language, <laughs> that's going to be hard for us. Mas bueno. <laughs> yeah, we might get uh, we might get in trouble on that one. What are these tacos? I don't know, but you can take <laughs> them out. Take out the tacos. All right, let's get back to marijuana. Feels I feel like we've been we've been on drugs tonight or something. We're not, but I feel like we are. I feel like you are. Eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Keep going. Keep going about your marijuana stuff. I'm pretty much spent on marijuana, but the re- I, kind of the whole reason I think with that I wanted to revisit this subject in this episode is literally this morning I was looking through the news and there were two really interesting articles about medicinal purposes for illicit drugs, which I felt kind of tied back nicely to episode one. Which uh, el- episode one? Which illicit drugs are we talking about? 
So exactly. There are illicit drugs. Notice I didn't say marijuana because marijuana seems to be old news at this point. Um, so the first article I, I kind of stumbled across was one from the New York Times and the title of the article is being a dose of a hallucinogen from a magic mushroom and then lasting peace. So the article actually talks about the using the psychoactive component of magic mushrooms or shrooms, however, however you know them, um, which is psilocybin and the studies they're, they're doing to see how that, that, that component can treat anxiety in cancer patients. So kind of interesting. Um, the article goes on to profile one young man who, um, who was a, was a cancer survivor of stage three Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, and that was back when he was a young man in college and, um, he underwent this study to, to try to treat some of his, some of his anxiety. Now I find this really interesting and I'm kind of conflicted on how I, how I feel about it. What, what do you think about it though? Just off the premise, Robert? I don't know. I mean, I feel like, um, I mean, it's kind of like the medical marijuana thing. It's, it seems like a good idea, but there isn't enough research on it to be able to tell me whether or not it's going to be worth it. Yeah. I don't think at, I don't think at, so it's kind of an interesting point that you just brought up because I don't think anyone really is talking about like going ahead and legalizing it yet, but it sounds like they're starting to do some of the studies that and research that I think you and I both think are warranted. Um, the other part of this is like, you know, isn't that what Xanax is for already? You know, relieving anxiety. Yeah. I mean, there's quite or a Vicodin few. Vicodin or I don't know, any of those. There are a few. Not Vicodin, uh, Valium, right? That's yeah, the Vicodin one that is the, for, uh, that for other the 50s things. housewives used to get. I think they still get that. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that's is really kind of the the normal ways to treat that sort of thing, um, not so, popping a whole bunch of shrooms. So my counter argument to myself on that, though, is I think it's really interesting to pursue or at least explore what I assume in what seems to be a natural type remedy versus one that's manufactured in a lab. Well, the good news is you're fighting with yourself, so I really don't have to. <laughs> um that's nice today. I, you're giving me kind of a break, and I appreciate that. Um, I'm just I'm just taking over both sides. Yeah, I mean you can. Well, as long as you can try to do my voice every now and then, you know, you can do one of these things by yourself. And next week, I don't even have to be here. Well, we, I might have to get Trump on the phone and see what he has to say about it here, uh, just a little bit. You mean friggin' drunk? Mr. Con- Mike, no, Mister oh. Mike, I would like to weigh in on the psychosyllabin studies. I think they're pretty awesome, and I don't know. But all I know is we're going to win big. We're going to big win, win big with shrooms. First of all, it's bigly, number one. And two, you sound like a constipated Bernie Sanders. That's <laughs> I told, it's not a work in progress, Donald man. Trump. Um, well, work harder uh, for next week because if you do that again, I'm going to punch you love it, love very it. hard. I don't know what you're talking about. That's fantastic. Okay, we were talking about shrooms. <laughs> and apparently you have popped a few. And you think you're talking to somebody as Donald Trump. <laughs> That's scary. Um, but anyway, as you were fighting with yourself a minute ago, um, I, I don't know. I, I think that sort of thing, you said it's a natural remedy. I would wonder, A, how somebody found that out, number one. But It was the Native Americans, which we touched on in our Thanksgiving episode. Yes. No, it wasn't. What you just touched on had nothing to do <laughs> with shrooms. 
Well, I'm telling you, like, you know how they used to go on all those vision quests? That was like marijuana and shrooms and peyote. First of all, the vision quest was done in Silicon Valley, the great TV show on HBO. Another plug, look at that. Um, and By Ehrlich Bachman, who's played by T.J. Miller. If you don't know that episode, you've got to go watch it. He goes on a vision quest and ends up kidnapping some child. We don't well, want to go on vision quests, Mike, and kidnap children. That's bad. Well, the Native Americans had a totally different purpose. I mean, T.J. Miller, or Bachman, however, whatever you call that man, he's no Steve Jobs. He's not. He's definitely not a Steve Jobs. I mean, Steve Jobs was pretty fond of the LSD back in the day, too. Who knows? Probably all the way through. Well, and you know what happened to him? He founded a billion-dollar company that is probably named one of the most influential companies of all time. And you know what else happened? Mm, he got to he uh he yeah he he owned pixar for a while okay you're obviously not understanding what i'm getting at um <laughs> but he died robert we all die and he but he didn't die at an old age but it was the cancer okay what gave him cancer no idea. Probably the stress from running a billion-dollar company. He probably should have smoked a little more marijuana. Maybe it was the LSD. That could be. Yeah. That could be. We'll never know. Well, LSD is not, not really natural, like the, like the mushrooms. Well, either way, you're talking about Steve Jobs creating his great company on LSD, which I don't really buy anyway, but either didn't way. You watch, didn't you watch Jobs the movie? No. Who was in Jobs the movie? Kutcher, Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, there's your first mistake. Dude, Ashton is a solid actor. He has come a long way since the 70s show. Well, I mean, I can agree that he's gotten better than yeah. that. That was a terrible show. It was awful. Terrible was show. The dumbest thing I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of dumb stuff, Robert. But I don't I don't believe that he's a fantastic actor. Well, I don't mm, he's really good. He's a really good actor. I mean, if you're going to, like, if I have to, like, sit down and watch something, if I had to watch something with with uh, Ashton Kutcher versus, like, I don't know, the new Gilmore Girls, I'm going to take Ashton Kutcher anytime. Okay. I mean, you've got finally a fair point. <laughs> finally. Robert, I have so many fair points, I just don't get credit for them all. No, you don't. And that's don't. fine. I don't need it. I don't need the credit. That's not what I do this for. Yeah, well, what, are, what do you do this for, then? Let's go into that. I do this for the listeners, for the fans. For the fans. That's what we live for, the fans. For the fans. Yeah. So, that, anyway. That little, all the LL and peers out there. <laughs> that, doesn't, that does not sound good. <laughs> that doesn't sound good at all. You need to rescind that I, statement immediately. I, I realized it as soon as I said it, but I will not rescind it because I meant it. Oh, boy. <laughs> we might have to edit that out. No way. We might. That's going to be uh, like our fourth t-shirt is like, I'm an LLM peer. <laughs> yeah, I will never make that t-shirt. I will. Don't worry about it. You don't have to. I'm not keen on t-shirts really to begin with when it comes to selling merchandise for our little show here. I just like, I like the slogans, Robert. I'm all about the slogans. We don't have any slogans. Uh, yeah, we do. We have a lot. I'd have to review our, our tapes to get them all, but... That's why I don't remember them, because I know they're all preserved no, if for you posterity. Don't, if you don't remember them, they don't exist. Or if exist. we had made t-shirts out of them, they'd be preserved on t-shirts. Well, you know what? You've got another fair point. That's two in one night in the span of about a minute and a half. Good job. I'm just blazing through this episode. I'm nailing it. Are you blazing through with your marijuana? 
I'm not, Robert. I think you might be. This is a smoke-free podcast. Well, who could tell? <laughs> oh, no, it's not, Mike. Uh, I think you've gone off the reservation. I absolutely it, have. We were talking about peyote a minute ago, so you want to go back to that, speaking of the reservation? Peyote? I don't have any more comments on peyote. I just thought that was an interesting article by the New York Times that came out. And then to kind of piggyback on that one, there was another interesting article that came out. And this time we're talking about ecstasy as a prescription drug for PTSD patients. What? What? Hit me on that one. What? Like it, if we're going with if we're going with with uh, ecstasy as a prescription drug for PTSD patients, why not prescribe ecstasy for people with depression or anything else, really? that I mean, because who wouldn't want a little slice of happiness in a pill? Like, isn't that what the pharmaceutical industry has been after for quite some time now? I don't know. You know, I've never taken ecstasy. Um, and I really don't 100% know what it does. But if you have PTSD and you take that... Let's put it this way, Robert. They don't mess call you it ecstasy up? for... They call it ecstasy for a reason. Okay, give me some, uh, well, I'll call them side effects because that's got to be what they are. What is it? What does it do for you? Well, they say that it induces euphoria, Robert, or ecstasy. (laughs) How? (laughs) Because it's a drug. It's chemicals. We should really get, like, a chemist on the show to... You know, or a drug dealer, or somebody that knows what the hell is going <laughs> get, on with these things and what get they some do. Of the nuts and bolts of these, but yeah, it's chemicals, Robert. I know that, Mike. I know ecstasy is chemical, but it doesn't make it better. Yeah, the like ecstasy as a prescription drug, like <laughs> I don't know. I'm having a little tougher time getting behind that one, just because it totally blows like my natural argument out of the water it's nothing natural about ecstasy um you know that doesn't that's not coming from it from no i mean and you can od i would assume fairly easily on that could you not huh can you not od fairly easily on that well i i don't know but i think probably if they're talking about using it in a prescription form that actually is kind of a counter argument to some of the critics you know um arguments about marijuana where you know dosing is so irregular with marijuana and you don't know exactly how much to take if you're smoking it um you know really not that's not as big an issue if you're putting it into a film for a, a pill form um but i think with like this mdma or or ecstasy since it's a chemical uh products that's being made in a laboratory i think they can get dosing probably extremely accurate although they do note in the article which you have to give them a little bit of credit for they do note that the potential for uh legit like misuse is a pretty big threat so well i would think so i mean it is uh believe a schedule one narcotic as well like heroin and lsd is which the the pointing out the the potential for misuse kind of to me is almost an invalid argument just in the fact that basically humans will have the potential to misuse anything that makes them feel good or, you know, whether it be alcohol, tobacco, uh, prescription drugs that we already have or, you know, anything different. So that almost is kind of like a, yeah, so to me, but. Well, yeah, so, but 
Ecstasy is one of those wonderful drugs, though, that I think can kill you on your first try if you do it wrong. Well, can maybe. it? I maybe mean, if you take too much, I don't know. I honestly, I don't really know all that much about ecstasy. Just, just what I learned in dare class, Robert. Well, so I'm pretty sure that ecstasy. Obviously, it's the party drug, right? You go out to a rave and they take ecstasy, whatever. Yeah, it's but the rave drug. For I'm sure. pretty sure it elevates your heart rate. It raises your body temperature like crazy. Mixed with alcohol, it's apparently very deadly, which usually is probably the only time it's taken, is with alcohol. Well, actually, the ravers are pretty cognizant of that fact, so that's why you always see the ravers clutching giant water bottles while they're dancing away. Is it? I don't go to raves, so I'm not sure, Mike. Um, You want to elaborate that? I've never been to a rave either. Are you sure? It sounds like you have. No, I'm just saying, like, I've seen a lot of photos, though. Like, you may have clutched the bottle. (laughs) Yes, I have half-clutched a bottle of water. (laughs) <laughs> before not ecstasy a, though right i've never clutched any ecstasy but i've definitely clutched a lot of water i'm a thirsty individual well that's good i don't know maybe i try to stay hydrated which you know as you pointed out if you're on ecstasy is doubly important yeah well that's the problem with it i think it's very dangerous yeah well again i think it's dangerous too i completely agree with you on that but then when i think about it A lot of our prescription drugs are dangerous and can kill you if you take too many. So in that case, like, how is an ecstasy pill that's been formulated by a drug company really any different from a different pill that's been formulated by a drug company that if you take too many can kill you? It's approved by the FDA. Well, that's what they're talking about. Maybe this could be approved by the FDA. Well, in that case, if it's approved... What's the difference? I would say it would be safer, but obviously you see any ads on any television show you're watching, and there's always some class action lawsuit against some pill because well, it Robert, causes... I'm pretty sure I saw a, an ad for Pepto-Bismol that listed a side effect as death. I mean... No way. <laughs> I'm no just kidding, way. but like, uh, just to piggyback on your point... like, Is that why you sound uh, like you do when you try to do Trump? You've been drinking, you've been drinking the Pepto Trump. too much? <laughs> Drink too much Pepto. You got constipated. Uh, I thought it was supposed to, isn't it supposed to cure constipation? I don't know. This is new territory for like. I thought Pepto was for the runs. Huh. I don't know. Listeners. I just, take it when, I just take it when my tummy's upset. We'll take a quick poll on Twitter later to see what it's for. And we'll see what kind <laughs> of uh what kind of reaction we get. Let's poll in our, our Twitter and see what ecstasy's for also. Yeah, it's for fucking crazy <laughs> crazy drug usage. Hunter S. Thompson used ecstasy. That's faux show. I wonder if he'll come out with his own branded line of ecstasy also, posthumously. I was about to say, he said he's dead, right? He, he's quite dead. Could it be taking too much X? Could that be the problem? I think, I don't know. I I want to say he committed suicide, Robert. So, yes. That's purely speculation at this point. So, I'm going to come up with a with a hard call on that for us and for our listeners here momentarily. Well, I say, as the FDA should do, we take a hard pass on ecstasy and LSD for anybody in a medical capacity. Nobody wants, um, yeah, so it looks like it was suicide for sure for Hunter S. Thompson, but nobody wants LSD, Robert. It's psilocybin, the magic mushrooms. Whatever. It's different. Whatever. Whether it be uh, mushrooms, LSD, or ecstasy, it's the same thing. Well, it's not the same. That's what it's I'm trying to tell you. It's not the same thing. It's the same thing. Well, we'll agree to disagree on this one, Mike. 
We're going to... No, <laughs> I'm right. You're... Mushrooms aren't the same as LSD. Well, of course you're right. They're not the same. I'm just saying it's the same thing with there not being a valid medical purpose at this point. I'm sorry. I would well, we much don't rather That's trust... Whole, that, that was the articles. They're just saying that the studies are being done, which I... You know, I think that's a good thing. Do the studies, but I'm definitely, definitely, I don't know. I'm definitely skeptical, especially for the ecstasy. I'm a little bit more open on the on the mushroom front. Who's going to be the guinea pig on that? They've already had guinea pigs on the on the mushrooms. I don't mean I guinea don't... pig like a real guinea pig. I mean like human testing. Yeah, they've already done that, which I think means that the testing has to be pretty far along in the process to get to that point. But that's the whole. That was. The whole New York Times article is they profiled this young man. Well, he well he's still young now. He's I think he's 29, but uh, he had undergone uh, participation in this trial uh, a couple of years ago. So, what? And now he's on his deathbed because he took too many shrooms. No, he is, he attributed the um, the psilocybin trial that he participated in as life changing. He said it completely. He's not scared of death anymore. He's not scared of his cancer coming back. He. Um, I'm quoting this here. He's saying, um, you know, that's when I saw black smoke rising from my body and it felt great speaking of his experience. So, you know, I, one can infer that he saw the sickness leaving his body, obviously all kind of in his head, but, uh, he had a very positive experience with it. Who the hell talks like that? They mentioned in the trial that as he was undergoing his trip, he, they had a, um, a, uh, psychologist and a, caseworker with him in the room while he laid on the couch and tripped his balls off that's insane is it though yeah yeah it is i don't know i i don't know some of this stuff i kind of feel like it might be hard to like i feel like it's easy to say like that's super crazy until like you go through it i don't know maybe i don't know i really don't i'm just well trying trying to do the like try the other person's shoes on deal yeah Try their shoes on while you're tripping on LSD. Makes Walk around easy, and go jump off a bridge. Not if you no. have a caseworker and a psychologist. Are watching they attached? You while you're are they attached to your hip? Yeah, they like literally right with you, Robert. Like it's kind. If you, I think if you weren't tripping, it would be super weird because you'd have two people watching you like sleep on a couch. I think it's weird in general. It's a little weird. It's very weird. It's unusual for sure, but. I find it a synonym for weird. Fascinating though, it's really interesting. I think. Yeah, I just think it's uh, another another stretch on the part of the crazy hippie to want to legalize a drug that they've been taking for years just so they don't go to jail. Well, I mean, we talked, we barely, we just kind of mentioned really LSD, and we had a small debate over whether it was the same or different as uh, as mushrooms. But uh, what's his name? There's like Dr. Leary or somebody um, from like New York State who did Timothy Leary was a doctor who did all of these. uh, He was a huge proponent of LSD and using it in medical treatment. I'm pretty sure he got his license revoked, but he did tons of studies on that back in the like 60s and 70s and and just about all of the, you know, positive aspects that can come from, excuse me, that can come from that. So it's kind of interesting to see that formalized with this study with mushrooms and the psychoactive component of them. Yeah, that is very interesting, but it's a bunch of BS. Well, I think time will probably tell. Time doesn't have to tell. I've told. It's BS, (laughs) period. No more discussion required. 
spoken. That's right. And no, no more of that. No more of that. And since it's really time probably for us to be able to sign off tonight. Um Well, anyways, it's been it's been a pleasure chatting with y'all about this and uh kind of revisiting the drug topic. I just like just like guns, I don't think that this topic is closed by any means. I'm sure we'll have a lot of new studies and research come out and I'm sure we'll we'll get around to a part three and then and then it'll be really interesting to see whether Guns Part 3 is better than Guns Part 2 or, or vice versa, where we are with the trilogy. Maybe this is going to turn into, like, Star Wars and we'll have, like, nine versions. I don't know. I hope to hell not. I wouldn't hate it. We'll see We'll see how it unfolds. But anyways, thanks so much for joining us. And please don't forget to follow us on Twitter at LLMP Podcast. Uh, tweet at us. We'll tweet back. And don't forget to... Follow us on iTunes. Well, I don't know if you can follow us, but you need to subscribe to the podcast. That way you get it automatically each week. It's hassle-free. You can listen to it, enjoy it as you've as you've come to. So we'll see you next week. Thanks again. Peace, Peace. out. Peace out, fools. <laughs> <laughs>